0: My name is J.J., I'm the youth pastor here, and this is the point of the service where all the coolest people in the room leave to go over to Kidstown, and I'm stuck with you guys. (laughs) That's all right. God uses you guys too, so. Well, for those of you who do not know, um, we are in the end of of a series that we've been working through as a church right now called Dangerous Prayers. It's been a pretty fun series to be a part of. It's one of my favorite series that we've done as a church for like a lot of reasons, but one of them is is the participation part of it. The fact that in service today, the same way that we've done the last few weeks, we're going to give you an opportunity to not just hear about prayer, but to actually pray. It's a great opportunity and to make it happen what we've been doing is we've been shortening the message a little bit which is like my greatest strength right less words and straight to the point that's what they say about me that laugh was a little aggressive Phil but for those of you who have not been here During this sermon series, I want to give you a little bit of a recap. I promise it's going to be a little bit of a recap. Pastor Kevin has been teaching us what what I would call like really short prayers. Like two-word prayers that we get to, as a body, pray together. He's kind of been unpacking what those prayers mean. We started with a a pretty good prayer. All of them are founded in the Bible, so that's how you know they're good, because Kevin didn't come up with them. They're in Scripture. All right? And the first prayer was, search me. Search me. It's, it's a prayer to be so fully known by God. Search me, Lord. That the God who created you would get his hands dirty. That he would get into your life, that he would get into your heart, that he would dig up the soil and that he would know exactly what he's working with. That he would make it known to you. It's a powerful prayer, but it doesn't... Maybe you're thinking, that sounds real safe. Why are you calling this dangerous prayers? Well, don't worry. It gets less safe. The second prayer, break me. Break me. It's a prayer to the God who knows a little bit about being broken, who was literally broken for you, it's a prayer to that God that you would be broken in your own life, that God would help you to figure out what it looks like to die to yourself so that you can live through God. And that God can live through you. Break me. It's a little little dangerous. And then the third prayer, send me. Send me. It's a it's a prayer to the God who is in the business of getting people asking that God would use you to do it. That you would be sent into the world. So that you can be a blessing, the ultimate call the first covenant, that you would be blessed by God so that you can be a blessing to people. It's been a pretty fun series. And today, we're getting into what will be the last of these short prayers. Lead me. Maybe it doesn't sound dangerous yet. but as we continue to pray these prayers for ourselves, for our families, and for our church, lead me, is the prayer that came to mind. It comes from Exodus, which is one of my favorite books of the Bible. There's a lot of good ones. But this one is so good that it's like Genesis is the first book, right? It's the book that tells us right off the bat, who is God? What is God up to in this world? But then Exodus comes in, and Exodus kind of tags onto it. and, And we see God as this creator, this God who forms us, who calls us, who blesses us. And then in Exodus, we get this God who redeems us. This God who starts off the book by saying, I've heard the cries of my people, who are enslaved to Egypt. And, and they had been enslaved, the Bible tells us, for like 430 years. 430 years the people of God have been enslaved to Egypt, and this is the book that tells us about how God steps into the midst of that. And when God does it, God starts off by finding this this broken man who was on the run named Moses. You might have heard of him before. And God uses Moses, God meets Moses, God calls Moses, and he says, I want you to go on my behalf to talk to the leader of Egypt, to go talk to Pharaoh. I want you to go speak to him and tell him, I'm done playing, I want you to let my people go. In this this battle unfolds. One of my favorite parts of, of this, this story is that there's actually a moment in Scripture where it says that God tells Moses, you have had your mighty hand on my people, and my mighty hand's going to grab it back. It's this powerful recognition that, that the world sometimes seems strong. But there's this like cosmic arm wrestling match going on. And as Exodus unfolds, we see God win that battle. That God's people are actually freed from Egypt. But while I was reading through it again for this sermon, I had a hunch that turned out to be wrong, but in a good way. I started thinking about what it must have been like for Moses to be sent by God to go to Pharaoh. We get a little bit of a look at what Moses is thinking when he we asks God. He says, why me? What makes me the right person to go do this job? And God doesn't even answer that question. God doesn't say, well, here's what makes you right. God says, I'll go with you. And when Moses goes and he meets with Pharaoh... I started thinking about my own life and my own call to ministry. And I started thinking about how how we get to this prayer where we say, okay, Lord, send me. And sometimes we're really good at answering that call. We're really good when God sends us to go. Not all the time, but we can look at moments in our life, most of us, where God has tried to send us somewhere and we went. Moses was in this kind of a place. So I thought, God, you said that you would go with Moses, so I wonder how many times you spoke to Moses. For those of you who are familiar with the story, Moses goes and he speaks to Pharaoh, and he, Pharaoh doesn't let the people go, so God says, all right, it's about to get real then. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you how much more powerful than your gods in the, the world that you've set up, I am. So God steps in and God says, I'm going to start to unleash these plagues that all have their own reason. They all represent something, a battle between me and your gods and how I'm going to win it. And while these unfold, there are these 10 plagues that God empowers Moses to go be a part of when Moses is sent to release God's people, to, to call for Pharaoh to release God's people. And I thought, you know what I bet I could find is that it would make a lot of sense to me if when Moses went to speak to Pharaoh, first Moses had to speak to God. So I went and I looked, right? And, and every time that Moses went to go speak to Pharaoh, all 10 times that Moses went to go speak to Pharaoh, it starts by saying, the Lord said to Moses, which I think matters, right? Because God doesn't just send Moses. God leads Moses. It might have been a different story if Moses said, all right, I got you, God. I'm going to go and I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh and I'll be back. All right, bye. I'll take care of this for you. But he doesn't do that. He goes to Pharaoh because he talked to God And he leaves, and before he goes to do anything else, before he goes to act on God's behalf, before he goes to speak to Pharaoh again, he says, all right, God, let's get into this conversation again. And it doesn't just happen once. It doesn't just happen 10 times for the 10 plagues. 62 times. 62 times the exact phrase, the Lord said to Moses, appears in this story. That's a relationship right there. That's surrender. That's just not being sent and saying goodbye on your way. That is constantly getting in the presence of the one who sent you. Read with me Exodus chapter 13, verse 18 is where we'll start. And it says, So God led the, people, led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by the day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. This is the word of the Lord. It was October in 2016 when I first received an opportunity to interview for a full-time ministry position at a church I actually got two opportunities two different churches reached out to me to ask if I would interview to be a pastor at their church and I was excited one of them was in South Portland Maine that's a beautiful place They asked me if I would come and be their children's pastor, if I would lead their kids to the Lord, exactly what I had been trained to do up to that point, and I was feeling pretty good. The other church was this small town church in in a place that I'd never heard of before, in a place that I couldn't even pronounce correctly, and it was nothing like any place that I had ever been before, I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida, which is in Tampa Bay. That's a city. It may not be the biggest of cities, but it's a city. And then I went to school for seven years in Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee, now that's a city. South Portland, it's a city. This other place was Ephrata, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Y'all, they had more horses and buggies than they did buildings. For those of you who don't know how the story unfolds, I actually took the call to South Portland. And I was excited. I knew at that point that God had called me to South Portland, Maine. I still know that. I still believe that God called me there. It was pretty fun for a little while, honestly. You know, being a children's pastor, being being a pastor full time. People called me Pastor JJ now. That was pretty cool. And there were days where I did things like really well. That was crushing the pastor game. I wrote my own curriculum, right? I put together the worship sets for children's church. I led chapel, and I did puppets, and I wrote the whole script for the puppets too. I painted the children's area. Man, I I started new ministries. I continued old ministries. I was like crushing the pastor game for a little while. It was awesome. But there was something missing like the whole time. I felt myself getting tired. And and if I'm being honest with you, I'd only been there for like a year and a half, but I knew what burnout felt like. It was like really hard some days. You guys know what that's like. You guys have worked probably harder than I worked when I was in South Portland, Maine. I was getting exhausted. I was doing really good at doing all of the things that I had been trained to do, but I wasn't praying anymore. And can I confess something to you? I wasn't really that good of a pastor either. Because I had stopped praying after, send me. I knew that I had been sent. And when I left the conversation with God, I stopped asking Him to lead me. To spare you some details, It all kind of started to come to a head, and I started to realize that I just wasn't good enough to do what I had to do while I was there. I just couldn't keep up. I was tired. I was trying to do so many things, and there were days where I wasn't doing anything, and I just wasn't I just wasn't even being sent anymore. I was kind of existing. Lord, help me exist, isn't really a good prayer all the time. And one day, when it all kind of came to a head, and I knew that something needed to change, I got another call. From that same weird church in that same small town that had nothing nothing in common with anything that I had ever looked for or ever wanted, if I'm being honest with you. And on the phone with their pastor, I said, I just don't think that I'm ready to, to come to Ephrata. Like, I, I know that things here need to change, but I just don't feel like I'm ready for that yet. And I was angry that I had to say that on the phone. I was heated. Like, I don't know that I've ever been that mad at God in my life. So when I got off the phone, I didn't even want to, like, be in my house anymore. So I walked out, I walked across the street, I went into the church doors, I let myself in, I typed in the code, I walked right into the sanctuary and I screamed. Not like a yell like you're at a sports game, not like a yell where you're like just trying to get somebody's attention. I literally went up to the altar, I fell down on my knees and I screamed. I screamed. With everything inside of me. And I said to God, I'm tired of this. If this is what you called me to, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm done with ministry. I'm done with, with people some days. I'm done with me every day. I'm done with all of this. And if you won't let me leave this place, I've got nothing else. And all I heard was, it's about time. It's about time you stop trying so hard to be sent. Did you forget that I was the one who sent you? You can't go do this without me. Did you think that sending meant saying goodbye while I sit here at the desk and wait for somebody else to show up so that I can send them off too and I just sit here by myself just just signing papers, just sending people out to places? I stopped, I stopped praying after search me, break me, send me. And I never got to lead me. Maybe for like half of you that sounds dumb. Maybe some of y'all are thinking, well, that's obvious. I don't know where you're at in your prayer life right now. I don't know where you're at with your dangerous prayers. Maybe you're still thinking, Lord, search me. Maybe you're still in that place where you just need to get on your knees for a moment and say, Lord, I just want to be so fully known by you And I want you to know me so deeply, Lord, that that you can point out if there's anything in me that isn't of you, God, break me. Maybe you're at that next one, right? Maybe you are saying break me. Maybe you're not even saying break me right now. Maybe your prayer is, Lord, help me be okay with praying break me but maybe your prayer is, Lord, break me. Because J.J. is honestly useless on his best day. But God, if you break me so that you are what pours out, if just like, like the grape that is crushed so that it can be poured out. If just like the bread, I could be broken so that I could be given. God, if just like you, I could be broken for the sake of other people, Lord, that's what I want. Would you break me? Maybe, Maybe your prayer has gotten past search me and it's gotten past break me and maybe your prayer now is send me. And you're just on your knees praying, Lord, you've sent a lot of worse people and you've sent a lot of better people. Would you send me too? Would it be the case that when I walk out of this building, when I walk out of my home, when I walk out of my school, my workplace, Lord, would it be the case that whenever I'm walking out of some place, I'm being sent? Whenever I walk into some place, I'm being sent? Lord, would it be the case that when people see me, they see you because I'm on your mission? Would the God who is sent send me? But maybe you prayed that. And if you have, then maybe you just need one more thing. Lord, when you freed your people from Egypt... You didn't just send them. You led them. And God, I'm going to be honest with you, some days it feels like I'm just wandering in the desert. Yeah, I've been freed from some things, but I don't know what what I'm doing, what you freed me for. But Lord, lead me. when I fell on my knees at the altar and finally went to God asking to be led and not just sent it was like I was wandering in the desert and a pillar of fire just appeared it was like I finally knew where to go not just to go. I ended up calling that church in Ephrata back, and they were gracious enough and patient enough with me that they let me come and interview, and I've still figured some things out along the way, and I'm still going to be learning some other things. But my prayer life has changed the way that I do Everything because if i don't if i don't pray about it 62 times for every 10 plagues i just don't want to do it anymore god if you're not leading me don't send me cuz it's not going to be good for anybody I'd like to invite the worship team to come back up here so we can get ready to pray together. Would you pray that with me this morning? I don't know what's going on in your life, but I can tell you what's going on in my life. And I need to be led. I can't figure out how to be a pastor unless that pillar of fire is right there. I can't figure out how to be a husband. I can't even figure out how to be a friend. I'm about to be a dad. Oh, Lord, you better lead me. I'm still trying to figure out how to get this thing into shape. Oh, but God, you've searched, you've broken, you've sent. And I don't pray, lead me, because I think that God needs the reminder. I pray, lead me, because I need the reminder. Let's pray together.